everyone. Thank you for joining us today. First time here at uh, WeBet Media, but I am Kate Constable. This is Chris Farley, and uh, we are here representing Sports Wager University. Chris and I uh, both work on the Bet US NBA show as well. Uh, Chris, I'm just going to intro you a little bit here. Chris is a pretty good uh, NBA um, handicapper. Got a pretty good record this year. What, Chris, like 58%? You know, I just, I just, because of, I had a hard few days last week, Kate, I moved from 58 to 57%, which oh. I'm not happy about. Um, cause I hit, I hit 58% last year. And, you know, I've heard from a few people that, well, Chris can't, Chris isn't going to hit 58% two years in a row. I mean, surely he can, but I was right there. So I have a, one more month to, uh, to get to that 58% mark again, but yeah, currently 57%, that's uh 216 and 160 offhand, which I believe is correct. Um, so a lot of NBA picks. I've been doing this for a little while, but Kate and I go uh, daily on the Bad US NBA show. And Kate, it's great to be here with you, especially on behalf of SWU, which I think everybody is going to be hearing a lot more about. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Chris also writes for the Odds Breakers, right, Chris? Yep, author at the Odds Breakers as well. Uh, what else am I? Uh, you know, half the time uh, I lose track of it. Oh yeah, there's that whole circuit thing. <laughs> yeah, just um, that whole circuit thing. <laughs> yeah, placed uh, fifth place in the NFL circuit contest this year, 68% win rate. Um, That's my first time entering that contest, actually. So, uh, you know, probably the ball bounces your way a little bit a few times, and you could always, you know, use that in a big contest like that. You know, circuit has some of the best handicappers in the world there um, every year, so feel fortunate, but also felt pretty darn sh sharp after that NFL season. We'll see if we can do a, a repeat performance of that, because as we know, the NFL has probably the sharpest lines in the industry. So that it, it's really, really tough to hit at that rate year in and year out. Yeah, well, something tells me based on how you're doing the NBA and college basketball and all that, you're going to be just fine. Um, I don't have as a uh, impressive of a resume as you so we're let's just kind of jump right into things because well, if, I, if i could just interrupt you quick actually kate actually currently on the bet us nba show kate actually has more wins than me so she's being really humble folks but uh i would say a burgeoning sharp and kate constable here you don't give yourself enough credit there's a lot of wins a lot of wins lately kate a lot of wins lately um my loss column is a little bit larger than yours so we got to <laughs> throw that out there but yeah I didn't bring that up on purpose yeah, <laughs> yeah. and um on every day so 4 p.m eastern head over to youtube bet us nba channel and you can catch us there giving out lots of picks we're on obviously today um we also do a ton of stuff with sports wager university chris is hosting classes um you can find me some social media stuff going on some youtube videos things just to teach you guys more about sports gambling and um i don't know tricks and tactics and the right way to do it if you're just starting out. So lots of really good stuff over there. Chris, being we talk about NBA pretty much every day, and that's kind of the only big thing going on right now, other than college basketball, I know that we're supposed to about to jump into March Madness. So I guess that is a pretty big deal. But let's just kind of focus on NBA today. And with the playoffs like a month away, you want to just chat playoff picture and what you're thinking and um, kind of who some surprises might be or – teams are that you don't sure. want to see the first round yeah let's let's talk about a bunch of teams if we can um i don't know i mean i, I think this is a 30 minute show right 30 to 60 minutes but yeah. so if i ran k just please interrupt me but uh um, yeah th this is a really interesting time of the season because it is the final month of the regular season obviously teams bidding to get into the playoff race and be in the best possible spot that they can so one thing that's I mean, I've already found actually, and that I think handicappers can look can look at a little more closely, or or maybe something to kind of leave off the list a little bit is motivation, right? Motivation in the NBA is a huge intangible factor from game to game because unlike college basketball, where yes, you you have 358 teams, but all those kids are are, are pretty locked in during the season. There's about half the amount of games. Uh, you know, a lot of these kids are playing for their futures. They're playing for their coaches, for the fellow players. They're not getting paid for that most of the time. So, uh, you know, there's really no need for, you know, any kind of incentive for those guys. They're going to show up and be highly motivated every time. Whereas in the NBA with an 81 game schedule, um, I mean, it, it, it goes and it goes and it goes. And we saw right, Kate, before the all-star break, some of these teams just not 
as sharp as they used to be. Some of those teams really needed the all-star break, but now in the final month leading up to the playoffs, motivation should not be asterisk should, should not be well, that is the key word there. <laughs> yeah, uh, as much of a factor only because, especially for those teams who are like in between the, you know, the fourth and the ninth seed playing for that play in tournament, which is a new thing in the NBA, right? Where they're just trying to get into that one game where they can get into the playoffs um, just allows an opportunity for more teams, which I think is a pretty cool thing, but uh, maybe it's not cool for those seventh and eighth seeds, but uh you know, so a lot of teams should should not be lacking motivation heading heading into this final month. Think about teams like the Nuggets, teams like the Timberwolves, uh, teams in the East like the Hawks, um, a surging team in the Pelicans, who we could talk about a little bit, Kate, if you want to. The Pelicans yeah. almost won again last night against the Nuggets on the oh road. Oh, my gosh. And I had them minus four or plus four, and that was such a terrible ending to that game. Yes. Because – I was watching the score on my phone on ESPN and it said the game was over and the Nuggets or the Pelicans won. And then five minutes later, I looked at ESPN's thing and we're in overtime. So that didn't end very well. And, and obviously the Nuggets won by more than four. So yeah, I mean, the Pel- it, it stinks. And that's just a great thing to note in sports betting really across the spectrum, right? Is you, you were on the right side yesterday. Yeah. I mean, no doubt about it. It went to overtime. Yeah. So the dogs should cover that line, but in a limited amount of minutes in overtime, right? The Nuggets at home, they pulled ahead. Um, that, but that's frustrating. But you saw, I mean, that's a great example of we're seeing a Pelicans team who's winning a lot right now. Effort mm-hmm. is is maxed out in every single game because they know they're right there in it, especially with the Lakers starting to fledge a little bit. I mean, I don't even know if we want to talk about the Lakers, Kate, because yeah. they're so they're so gross. And um, <laughs> you know, not to not to sound biased here. I mean. God forbid, but uh, I gotta tell you, I lost my bet on the Warriors on Saturday. I lost uh, that one. My, yeah, minus five and a half. Um, the one time that I chose to bet against the Lakers, because I've been kind of staying away from it because of that LeBron factor. Mm-hmm. And what happens, right? LeBron drops 56 and the Lakers cover that line. So there, you know, but that's the kind of thing that's gonna happen, right? Those teams who are right there on the edge, to our point about motivation. Those teams that are right there on the edge who still have a shot, who who are showing that they have players on that team that 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 are, are playing to their full capacity every single game. We're seeing that in a bunch of teams now. We're, we're even seeing that in some of the lower-level teams like the OKC Thunder, yeah. uh, the Sacramento Kings kind of starting to surge a little bit. I don't, I, don't, I don't have the Sacramento Kings figured out these days. I really don't. Uh, but you know, it, it's, it's a good thing as a sports better to try and identify sort of those play on teams and maybe those teams that are starting to give up a little bit. And then maybe those teams are just are a little more comfy at the top of their brackets. So may, you know, maybe they don't need to win all these games, right? Cause in, in any particular spot, um, even, even a bottom feeder team, a team that's not as good, not as complete, they, they can beat those top tier teams. Uh, just because of that motivational factor. They're going to play more of those starters. They're going to play harder mm-hmm. on defense. And and that kind of segues into another point. And then I'll stop my tangent here for a little bit. But uh, you'll see that defense really picks up leading up to the playoffs, and defense significantly picks, picks up in the playoffs. Uh, and that, you know, we saw that, uh, in my mind, most noticeably from the Milwaukee Bucks recently when they took on the Heat. And actually, um, in their previous game, I forget it. Oh, against the Suns. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> the the Bucks are doing this thing where they're not playing defense for like 43 minutes. <laughs> or they're not playing their potential of defense. And then in the final half of the fourth quarter, you can tell that they play the brand of defense that they're capable of and they can pull ahead a team. So I don't know if a team like the Bucks is trying to hide their schemes or just not trying to like, you know, I mean, it what do you think? seems like that because now we're getting towards the end of the season and you're starting to see them turn it on in some, some patches, but yes. come playoffs, like you've got to imagine a team like the box defending national champions. They know what they're, they know how to win. So yep. we're going to start seeing them turn that on a little bit more than they've shown as of late, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And how about a team like the Nets? I mean, we could probably talk about the Nets at length yeah. here. Uh, but they're running out of time, right? I mean, yeah, they, they, yeah, that that game against the Celtics last night, what, that was a fantastic game, by the way. 
um, watch that entire thing, which is not something I get to do a lot these days. Uh, but, you know, Celtics are probably the hottest team in the NBA right now, playing very complete basketball. Jason Tatum just playing out of his mind. Uh, but you saw the Nets team looked way different because they had Kyrie. They had Duran out there on the floor. Uh, I don't even know how to put into words, you know, maybe – as, as the expert host, maybe you can, Kate, but to watch Kevin Durant on the court, how easy he makes offense look, yeah. um, he, he might be playing the best basketball of his life. And, you know, Kyrie can just step up on the court even, even after missing lengths of time, and he looks just as fresh as ever. They probably should have won that game. Yeah, but Jason Tatum, I mean, I thought so, but Jason Tatum just if, – if the Celtics get that kind of performance from Jason Tatum game in and game out, that's going to be a really tough – team to beat but the nets man they they need to start figuring out some recipes for success and recipes for consistency on both ends of the court they'll probably get it on offense but we don't always see it from them on defense maybe ben simmons coming back makes a huge uh difference on that team but the nets probably a team to play on i mean that's kind of a square thing to say most of us probably know that from all the stars on that team but the nets are going to be putting in full effort every single game to get to a better seed, a better position in the playoffs. They don't want to go into that ninth, eighth, seventh, and having to play in the play-in tournament against some of these teams also in the East that are trending up. I mean, but the Nets right now are so many games back from Cleveland in the sixth spot that it almost seems like they are going to be in that play-in, which means they're probably going to get either Miami or Philly in the first round. That That's not a good spot for the Nets to be in. No, that's and before, not a good Yesterday's game, um, ABC did the whole like coaches wired thing. They might come up and you could hear Steve Nash in the huddle saying, this isn't, we're not going to win pretty today. This, this lineup has only been together for two games so far. So at some point, the Nets need to figure out their lineups and get their guys healthy because you can't go into a play-in game with a lineup you've only played with for what, three or four games and expect to win because I mean, you have the Raptors who have been fairly decent this year. I mean, they're in the seventh seed right now for a reason. You have Atlanta. Um, who I don't really want to face the Hawks in a play and that wouldn't be right. I'd still probably take the nets over the Hawks, but that's just no gimmies um, in those playing games. So yeah, I don't know. The nets are in a tough situation and, my money is on Ben Simmons returning the moment, um, uh, March 11th, let's say. Is he facing the Sixers? On March 10th. And March he's sitting 10th. that game. <laughs> yeah, so right after. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that so makes sense. Ben Simmons will be back um, on March 11th, I guarantee. Well, not exactly the 11th, but I guarantee he'll be back soon after that. And hopefully they can string together a number of wins because, yeah, they're not in a good spot at all right now. Yeah, and, that, and that's another good point to make, too. Um, just – other other factors to consider when you're handicapping the NBA, right? It's such a star-driven league that if you don't have stars that are motivated, if you don't have stars that are putting in max effort, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what the supporting cast for that team is doing. You know, if if Nikola Jokic or Kevin Durant, um, you know, or I mean, at this point, DeMar DeRozan for the Bulls, yeah. if these stars aren't all in on these games, there's not a great chance that that team's going to win that. You know, that's the kind of sport that the NBA is. You really can't say that for college basketball, right? Michigan yesterday, they had some key players missing, still won that game. Um, Or I don't think they won, but they came really close to winning. Uh, You know, in college basketball, you just see a game in and game out. Some Mm -hmm. of these stars like LeBron uh, is, is, you know, kind of talking off the cuff, like he's not as interested. It can make a big difference, but, um, can I bring up another topic or, or yeah. another, another, another Eastern team to talk about? Cause I'd love to hear your thoughts on this one too, Kate. Yeah. I think, and I've said it before, it's kind of a hot take a little bit, but, but it, I think it's a really obvious take the Miami heat, in my opinion, um, they, they could still be the most complete team in the NBA. Uh, I, 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 I took a futures bet on the Miami Heat to win the Eastern Conference, that, you know, the value on that is going down a little bit, but they're a solid three to four games ahead of the next team. And I don't see a particular weakness for this team. Um, The Miami Heat can shoot from the perimeter. They're excellent in the front court on offense and defense. They're excellent in the mid-range game. That's where Jimmy, Jimmy Butler, right? That's where he loves to shoot, where he loves to score points. Kyle Lowry, too. He can go right in there in the mid 
range and lofted up there. You know that he's very famous yeah. for doing that. They have great bench support. Spolstra, unbelievable coach. I mean, he's he's proven it at this point, especially in the first half of this season. Had a ton of injuries, a ton of COVID related sitting on his team. All this, you know, most of the stars not there, and the Heat just kept on winning. The Heat stayed at number one in the East. So, what are your thoughts on the Heat? Are we going to keep on seeing? This kind of consistency from the Heat, is this is this a team as dangerous as I think they are? Yeah, I think so. And no one's really talking about the Heat right now. I don't understand that. I mean, it's all Philly, Milwaukee, Chicago, Boston. I mean, yes, those teams are kind of the ones that are really in the mix and, and close to each other. But the Heat do everything at a very high level. I mean, they defend fantastic. Bam Adebayo, you know, down low. He's the, their big rim protector. He can do things offensively and defensively. Even when Kyle Lowry's had to sit for his personal reasons, whatever those may be, Gabe Vincent has stepped up. So you talk about depth and bench support and, and guys filling other roles. It's really that just next man up mentality that the Heat have. And it doesn't really matter who's in. They all play hard every game. And so going back to your motivational factor, like this Heat team wants to win every game. They're not sitting a game out or kind of, you know, coasting. Oh, we're up three games on Philly. Let's just, you know, go into – say Orlando and just, you know, glide by in this one. Like they play hard every game and that's, you know, the whole cliche uh, Miami heat blue collar mentality, you know, heat culture, but they're in first place in these Eastern conference for a reason. So clearly that culture, whatever that mindset is coupled with the talent that they have on that team and the way that team's been assembled this year has been great. And so I don't see them. I don't see them losing to, Hardly anyone, especially in a seven-game series. You know, I think they think it went four games against any one of those teams. Yeah, and, you know, we saw them against the Bucks a few nights ago, how they, you know, they stayed – I mean, they were ahead of the Bucks. Probably, probably, excuse me, probably should have won that game as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, that that's what the Heat can do, right? They're not – it's not going to be an easy out this year, especially with the new additions to their team. I think Kyle Lowry is a huge addition for them. Not sure what's going on right now with Lowry, by the way. Um, yeah. Yeah, I've been sitting out for a little while. Too, with that same personal issue. And I mean, I haven't heard anything leaked on what it might be, but. No. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't. But that. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's something to watch, you know, for the Heat. Is is Kyle Lowry going to be locked in and ready to go for the playoffs? I don't know if he's that significant, so that significant of a piece. It's where the Heat can't go, you know, deep into the playoffs without him. But, mm-hmm. the, the, you know, the Heat are, are a next-level team, I believe, with him, just because that, you know, now you got Tyler Hero coming off the bench, and we've seen what he's been doing this year. Let me lob something else at you, Kate, because um, I know you have some fandom, perhaps, affiliation with the Phoenix Suns. Uh, I now, I said that the Heat could be the most complete team in the NBA. Now, that's easy to say right now because, you know, Devin Booker is out, is out with COVID, uh, CP3 has been out a month or he's going to be out a month or so. Uh, how, how do you view the Suns potential? Are they going to continue to be a play on team even without their stars? Or do you kind of look at the Suns a little differently? I kind of look at them a little differently because I mean, you have Cam Johnson who's out right now as well yep. for indefinite period of time. I think he might be out a week or two. He's got some sort of thigh contusion, a knee, um, So this Suns team is pretty banged up. And right now I see them being just a team that's kind of like, let's just, let's just get the win, however it may be. But I'm not sure I'm going to bet on them until their stars really come back. They're still a team who's, I mean, we saw how they played yesterday against the Bucs. They were in control of that game for much of the entire game. Maybe late in the fourth quarter is when the Bucs really started kind of taking over. But, um, you know, they can, even with um, those guys out, I think they can be pretty effective, but not quite to the level that they have been as of late. And yeah. if you don't get a good performance out of DeAndre Ayton, DeAndre Ayton against the Knicks on Friday was absolutely terrible. He had like <laughs> points and three rebounds, and you want a max contract? And this is your time with Booker and CP3 out, and you're not going to step up and do anything he, oh my gosh, that made me very frustrated. So then to see him come back yesterday um, and play well, that was good. But you don't know what you're going to get with DeAndre Ayton, that motivational factor. He's not a very motivated guy. He's not someone who's coming in every night wanting to absolutely destroy you. So right. without um, Chris Paul on the floor, Devin Booker, you know, those are the guys in the fourth quarter that have really 
stepped up in that those clutch moments and been able to win these games for them. So I don't know who that necessarily is going to be if they get into some close games uh, against the Heat. They play the Heat later this week. I think believe Wednesday. That's going to be a really good game, but I think the Suns are going to get crushed. I don't think the Suns have it without those three of Johnson, CP3, and, and Booker, and I don't think they're going to be able to hang with them. Yeah, and it, it, it's it's really interesting because of timing too, right? I mean, timing is timing yeah. is kind of everything in life, and and with these teams too, you know, the teams that are, are starting to rise now, this is a great time to look your best or to be your healthiest, right? We're seeing that in, in, in a team like the Celtics and teams like the Heat, um, even a team like the Timberwolves. Now, they don't yeah. play defense very consistently, but the Timberwolves are just smashing one team after another. Uh, this is this is a good time of the year to get things together. Like, you know, the and I, I don't have the answer for this question, but how is the lack of, you know, Chris Paul being in the lineup for a good – I mean, is, is he going to be back – before the playoffs, I'm not sure, but you know, I mean, all reports said he's hoping to be back for the first round, but that's if things right. It sounds like that's if things go really well. Yeah. Now, a player as consistent as CP3 and with the great coaching that they have, he'll probably just go right back into that lineup. Everything will be fluid, but that you know that could uh, that could affect the chemistry of that team at least for a little while. Maybe some players used to getting more minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, a players used to being in different places and schemes. You know. Now they kind of have to go back to where they were before. So, you know, that's something to watch. Um, I want I wanted to talk about another team, too. I just, I just, you know, I just keep on going through these teams. But the 76ers are an exciting team to watch for as well because they have looked different yeah. with James Harden. Uh, there's, yeah, talk about a team surging at the right time. No, I, I, exactly. And, yeah. you know, uh, so much in basketball is about spacing. And if you watch the Sixers on offense, the spacing is completely different now that James Harden is on the floor. He garners so much attention that now players like Tyrese Maxey, who's looked unbelievable since James Harden has gotten there, and Joel Embiid, who's already the leading MVP candidate, now he's more open than ever. There's less pressure on him than ever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the 76ers still have to show me some consistency on defense, but this is a team that I think I'm going to continue to play on. Um, I guess I'll – why not give away a little free bet here in the show too? I, I like the Sixers team total tonight um, over one eighteen and a half. I'm going to talk about that on the Bet US show as well. But you know, and we've talked about this at at length, Kate. Um, the Chicago Bulls defense just is not showing me any signs whatsoever that we should believe in any kind of changes. Um, you know, schematically, um, effort wise, personnel wise, without Caruso and Ball on the court. They just do not seem like an effective defense. And now you have the Sixers. You know, Harden had that one-game rest. They're at home. And yep. they've been averaging, I believe, over 126 points with Harden at the helm. Uh, against against the Bulls' offense, I just don't see a lot of resistance tonight. I mean, no, I, sorry, against the Bulls' defense. Yeah, I don't either. I um, took the Sixers minus 6.5 earlier. That line's already up to minus 7, 7.5 in some places. So, I mean, I, I love hearing you say that you like the Sixers team total because that means they're putting points on the board and against this Bulls defense. I mean, it's been pretty porous um, without those, without Crusoe and Ball in. And I just kind of wonder how, because those those two guys are supposed to come back or expected to come back before the playoffs. And same with Patrick Williams, who's a really good defender for the Bulls. But how does that all of a sudden gel how do they I mean they've been out for months and all of a sudden you're going to come back in and just expect this defense to be exactly where it was before because the Bulls defense early in the season was one of the best in in the uh, NBA so I don't know how that's necessarily going to work but in terms of tonight's game against the Sixers I think this I think the Sixers dominate from start to finish and Tyrese Maxey might be the um might have benefited the most from this Harden trade because he has played unbelievable, been in double digits in, in the 20s in scoring every game um, with Harden in the lineup. And, yeah, the, what, the, what it's done to the Sixers offense, um, I keep waiting for them to slow down a little. And, yes, we've only seen, what, three or four games from them. But yep. three or four games, and they've been very consistent in those matchups. Um, and then, I, I mean, their defense isn't terrible, I wouldn't say. 
So oh, they can step up there too. You know, they, I have a yeah. feeling they, if they haven't shown their full potential there either. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, so I like, I, I think Philly's dangerous come playoff time and ooh, I would love, love, love to see the Nets and the Sixers in the first round. That would be quite the first round series. Oh yeah. <laughs> Especially with Ben Simmons playing. Yeah. That would be, that would be, that would be fascinating. Yeah. You know, again, it's, I, I mean, I, not to reduce it just to one thing because it's several things going on, right? <laughs> Joel and Beat and Harden seem to get along well. They're working out after the game. I mean, you know, the, these are things Harden's that, working out. That's a positive. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Harden, Harden looks like the fittest version of himself. Good for him. <laughs> uh, you know, but sometimes, you know, these little, you know, I guess uh, factors or intangibles about, you know, human behavior, how a team is in sync, the relationships on that team, that can make a big difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, but again, the spacing part, right? Tyrese Maxey before, um, players knew that on the perimeter, he was a threat. And then there was Embiid down low, Tobias Harris, not always consistent. There's so much more space for Maxey to move around now because mm-hmm. Harden gets that attention. Uh, and, and, and obviously Maxey with space is, is a problem, you know, and I, and I don't think that's going to end anytime soon. Um, one, one point that I wanted to bring up quickly is, mm-hmm. uh, schedules. You know, because it's 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 something to consider, right? We're seeing right now the Timberwolves are 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 surging, like I mentioned before. But look, make sure that you're looking at at uh, teams. You know, just for all of our uh, viewers and listeners out there who who are trying to win and handicap the NBA, the final month schedule is huge because these teams, even though they might have increased motivation, a team like the Timberwolves, for example, yeah, they've been riding high recently. But who are they facing? Right, they're facing the Thunder. Uh, they're facing the Blazers. You know, they're getting wins. You know, good for them. They faced, a, um, I believe they faced a limping Suns team and they beat them. So good. You know, these are all good wins. Yeah. But in the next few weeks, the Timberwolves schedule is about to get a lot more difficult. I could actually okay. I have it up here on my screen. But, I mean, they have around the corner Miami. And then they and then they got the Lakers who are just being feisty at the Bucks, the Mavericks, the Suns, the Mavericks, Boston, Toronto, Denver. I mean, it, it's not going to be an easy road for the Timberwolves to get to the playoffs or to, you know, to stay in the spot that they're in now. Nothing's really a guarantee. So, um, you know, just just something to know. There are teams who have who have much more um, amenable schedules for them, you know, much, much easier schedules uh, where as teams like the Timberwolves, even though they're riding high now, we might look for something called negative regression where the team is just not going to perform at the same level that they have been because of the future matchups that they have to face. They're going to need to play some defense too, if they want to, you know, maybe jump into the get out of the plan, I should say. And then even in the playoffs, like you got to play some defense in the playoffs if you want to advance. And so far the Wolves have just relied on their scoring, which has worked when you are playing Indiana and Charlotte and um, OKC and Golden State without half their team. And, you know, that works great. And so they're, yeah, sure, they're surging right now, but against teams who can defend um, against you, that's going to be a little bit more difficult, I think. So uh, the Wolves are fun as of now. I mean, good for them. A game and a half back from the Nuggets in the sixth spot, like right where you want to be if yeah. you're a Bulls fan, right? Absolutely. How about yeah. the Lakers? I know we don't really want to talk about the Lakers, but are the Lakers going to make the uh, – the playoffs. Yeah, well, you know, for friends of mine, I hope not, um, <laughs> because I, I know I know some people have bets on the Lakers not making the playoffs. Um, I, I, you know, it's tough because you have the play-in games. Um, you know, we talk about star power on these teams. Uh, unfortunately, fortunately, you know, however you feel about LeBron James, um, it really doesn't matter because he's going to. He's still capable of carrying an entire team on his shoulders. We saw it the other night. Uh, he's still one of the best players in the NBA, which is fascinating after 17, 18 seasons, however long he's been playing. Um, but, you know, he, he's capable to I – think, I think what LeBron doesn't get enough credit for is, you know, he kind of has like a Tom Brady-esque ability to bring people together or – or to bring the best out of his players. Now, haven't exactly seen that from Russell Westbrook this year. Uh, but, you know, this Lakers team still has enough talent to figure things out enough to get to the playoffs. Uh, especially if Anthony Davis, who should be back soon, I believe, in a few weeks. 
a two week for the playoffs started. So yeah, yeah. I, assume, I mean we're yeah. almost there. Right. I mean, uh, do I think the Lakers are a great team that's going to get into the you know deep deep ends of the playoffs? No, uh, but it, it's hard for me to bet against the Lakers just because yeah. of that LeBron factor, Anthony Davis coming back. Um, you know, the, the West isn't as good as it used to be. So teams like the Timberwolves, even though they've looked great, they are beatable. Mm -hmm. The Nuggets are certainly beatable. Uh, Jokic is amazing, but if he's not, you know, playing to his full potential, they're very beatable. Uh, Michael Porter Jr., you know, is he coming back? I don't know. So, and, it, you know, the Pelicans rise to stardom recently. Who knows if that's going to that's gonna keep on going, right? Uh, so, you know, and there's not a lot of experience there, too. Right? That's another thing to think about. I know I keep throwing right. things at our audience, but, uh, it, you know, the, the experience factor, right? When you have – when you go into these playoffs or right before these playoffs, there are players and teams who have been in pressure situations before. Someone like CP3 is not going to blink. Yeah. You know, Giannis, Giannis ain't going to be nervous at all. But you have some of these younger teams coming in there, like the Pelicans possibly, right? Uh, like the Hawks, they're still a very young team, even though they were there last year. Um, you know, how, how are they going to handle that playoff pressure? These things are so tough to measure, but if you can try to quantify them on your end, I think it's really, I think it's really uh, uh, a key thing to do. But to answer your question, Kate, I guess I didn't really give you an answer. The Lakers, I wouldn't bet against them, but I certainly don't want to bet for them either because they have proven to be a mess in a lot of different ways, except for every once in a while when LeBron James decides that he wants to carry them. When he decides to put up 56 of them, they, yeah, win. Yeah. Yeah, Lakers are a team I'm just staying off of probably for a long time because you really don't know what you're going to get from them night in and night out. Yeah. Uh, one other team. So the Warriors are in the second spot right now in the West, but they are tied uh, with Memphis eight games back from Phoenix. So a Warriors loss. Uh, do they play tonight? Warriors lost tonight? Yeah, they play against the uh, Mavericks. Uh, Nuggets. Nuggets. Yeah, the Nuggets. Nuggets, yep. Um, a Warriors loss tonight puts them in the three seed, which means you might be taking on Dallas or Denver in the first round. And yeah, Denver's definitely beatable. I just touched on that. But if they get Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. back, that's a whole different story, especially if the Warriors don't get Draymond Green back. So the Warriors are kind I mean, they're a team that I would say fade right now because they're not complete without Draymond Green, and they've shown how many um, that they struggle so much without him and what a valuable asset he's been that I, I don't know. This Warriors team is um, concerning me right now. Yeah, I think I think what I overestimated or maybe underestimated on Saturday's game between the Warriors and the Lakers is I I probably overestimated fading the Lakers and underestimated um, not fading the Warriors uh, because the Warriors I I think to your point um, they're they're not looking great right now and you know that's the thing about the NBA season that makes it so challenging too is teams can uh, legitimately change how they look who they are throughout a, a long season. Oh. And the Warriors looked like possibly another juggernaut version of themselves early in the year, especially the way that they were playing defense. I mean, that was unbelievable. But Draymond Green is a huge piece for this team. And they, they have serious issues in their front court. And that's that's on the scoring end. That's on the defensive end. Uh, they need someone like Draymond Green to go in there and kind of stuff the paint. Um, not Not really – don't really have that ability right now. You know, James Wiseman has been out too. Uh, so they have developing young guys that are that are able uh, to put up points and to put up some defense, but it's I don't know the the Warriors are a team to fade right now, but I would say uh, buyer beware for that one because yeah. eventually you know with Steve Kerr as their coach and he is a great coach, we know that at this point the chemistry that that team has, the on court leadership from Steph, you know Clay Thompson is going to warm up a little more. He has not been shooting well. Um, and then especially if Jamon Green comes back, this is a team to then probably play on uh, as they don't want to fall too far in the playoff rankings. Right now, they're really tough to figure out. And of course, tonight, they're they're basically uh, sitting all their main guys. Steph is sitting, Clay is sitting. And, you know, for some reason, the Nuggets are only eight point favorites at home. That line is a little weird for me, Kate, um, or else, I, I, you know, it seems like an auto bet on the Nuggets, right? But 
I also feel like it should be a lot higher with Clay and Steph being out. So um, just one of those, you know, one of those weird spots. The Nuggets, the Nuggets love to blow games at home too, though. So, you know, uh, yeah. So I'm not, I'm not exactly bullish to play on the Nuggets tonight. But to your point, I, I agree. I think the Warriors for now are are a fade on team. Um, and the Nuggets played yesterday, went into overtime. So maybe that's part of where this line is at. You know, back to back yesterday. But yeah, I would agree. I, I think. I mean, you still have Jordan Poole playing tonight. Um, is Andrew Wiggins playing? Uh, that one, I don't know. I don't, I don't believe so actually. Uh, I think, yeah, I think the Warriors are sitting pretty much because this is a makeup game from a COVID cancellation yeah. schedule. And I think the yeah. Warriors are a little pissed about that. So they're just kind of, <laughs> yeah. so, I'm going to stay away from this one completely tonight, just because I don't, I'm not quite sure what to get with the Warriors without, um, their stars in, but also I'm not sure the Nuggets should be laying that many points with. Right. And yeah, yeah Wiggins. No, Wiggins is out tonight. Okay. Um. So, what's your point? Can I can I ask you about a, about a game that you're on today? Because I, I'm really interested in your take on this. So, um, possibly a free a free play here from K Constable Betts. Here we go. So, <laughs> uh, you're you're on the Kings tonight, aren't you? I am. Now the Knicks. I'll just segue into this. The Knicks are definitely they were a team that I was looking at as a team to fade for sure, just because of the way that they've performed. Mm-hmm. And I think without Derek Rose, you know, him being out is a huge difference. However, um, they're very desperate right now, right? I mean, if they're going to make the playoffs, they're they're in desperado mode. So could you talk a little bit about your play in the Kings? Yeah, they're not making the playoffs. I don't think they're making <laughs> And I think they know they're not making the playoffs. Yeah. They, they're just, their effort is so inconsistent. And they played really well the other night, um, beat – who did they beat the other night? They beat the uh, Clippers. And yesterday, beat the Clippers yep. yesterday. Good performance by them, both offensively and defensively. Things were going well. And so on a back-to-back, coming off of a um, good win like that is a spot that I look to fade the Knicks because they haven't been able to string together good performances as of late. And you see them play well one night, and the next night is just a total dud. And um, – on back-to-backs, they haven't been great this year. The Kings, I mean, as, as bad as the Kings have been lately, I mean, they're still – their offense is still decent. And Sabonis is still, you know, an all-star on that team. So yeah. it's kind of more of a fade the Knicks um, play tonight than it really is anything that I have, like, great confidence or see tons of value in the Kings. I just, I just don't believe in this Knicks team and – especially on the road, not good on the road. So this is just, just fading the Knicks pretty much. Yeah. I mean, I like it. And also off of back to back, right. Um, You know, which is something, I mean, maybe to our listeners, this is fairly obvious, but some of these NBA teams, like the Knicks are on a long road trip right now out West, Mm -hmm. you know, just facing the Clippers the other day. I I believe they faced. They played the Clippers on Friday, Clippers yesterday. Yeah. And now, I I mean, that's a tight schedule. And now, you know, they're, that's the thing too, right? We talked about schedules. Um, mm-hmm. Knicks have about, I believe, 18 games left, if I was counting correctly, which, you know, I'm probably not because I, I don't count correctly very often. But uh, I, I counted at least 11 teams that they have to play before the season ends that I would I would consider above average teams. So that's more than half of those games left, to your point. Do the Knicks really think they're going to make the playoffs when they have teams like Memphis around the corner, Dallas, Utah, yeah. Charlotte, Miami, Charlotte again? Uh, Cleveland, Toronto. I mean, it's not an it's not the easiest schedule, right? So they they would really have to go on a run and figure things out. And their road trip that they're on doesn't end after Sacramento. They go to Dallas, then they go to Memphis, and then they go to Brooklyn. Those are all away games. Like that's a really tough schedule. And so with this Knicks team, what we've seen this year is the the Kings are probably the um, least talented team of that group. So if you're gonna kind of throw the towel in a little, or you know not put as max an effort out, you're going to do it against the Kings. And the Kings will take advantage of that, I think. Yeah. They're not, I mean, as bad as they are this year, as bad as their record is, I mean, what are they? 24 and 42? Like, they're really bad. But I think against the Knicks team who's in this schedule spot and um, struggling right now to be consistent offensively. I mean, their offense basically just is 
Julius Randall and RJ Barrett. I don't, I haven't been impressed with Alec Burks lately. Um, without Derek Rose or Kemba Walker in, like their, their backcourt is pretty thin. So I don't mind playing against the Knicks. And, you know, to Kevin Durant's point, I believe he said this the other day in the media, right? Like he, um, it, it takes a team effort, you know, even, even if you do have stars, you need a good supporting cast. And right now the, the, not only do the Knicks not really have any star that's stepping up, uh, but they they have a really shallow supporting cast at this point. It's just not it's it's a shame because the Knicks look like they were a team on the up yeah. last year. Madison Square Garden's going nuts about them, but uh, there might might be a, a little uh, rediscovery going on in this offseason for the Knicks. Yeah. Are there? I'm not sure how much time we have, but are there any other teams that you'd like to fade or play on in the next? Um, I'm curious uh, your thoughts on the Utah Jazz right now because I can't really get a handle on them. They went through six or seven games where they were looked fantastic, everything was clicking, but then they play a team like the Rockets and they're 15 point favorites and they barely win that game. And yeah, there's just too many spots like that for the Jazz that I don't feel comfortable betting on them right now. I'm not necessarily going to fade them, but they're just a team that I'm going to stay away from because I they're just inconsistent. And come playoff time, I don't know what – I mean, we've, we know all about their uh, woes in the playoffs and their regular yep. season juggernaut, all of that. But are they really this year? Or is it just kind of a narrative we've talked ourselves into believing? Yeah, well, that that's what I'm wondering, right? Are, are the Jazz finally kind of doing what some other teams do and maybe not showing all their cards – and then in the playoffs, the playoffs are going to look like a totally different team, you know. I mean, assuming that they make the playoffs, but they're you know they're still in a really good position to make the playoffs. Yeah. Um, but one thing, I guess, I'll tell a story to uh, answer this. <laughs> last, uh, last, what was it? Last Friday, I believe. I thought I was Mr. Smarty Pants playing on the Jazz against the Pelicans on the road because Jazz were short favorites, you know, and mm-hmm. and. The version of the Jazz that we're used to seeing is a juggernaut in the regular season. I mean, they 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 blow teams out. They're consistent. They're one of the best cover teams in the NBA, and that is not the case for the Jazz this year. But I thought, okay, right to my point about momentum and motivation, this is the point where the Jazz are going to really turn it on, and they're really going to show who they really are. The Pelicans blew them out. Not not only beat the Jazz, but they blew them off the court. And I just think that makes me think. That you know some of this uh, media speculation or whatever about the Utah Jazz locker room and some of the discord that's going on there, I, I'm starting to believe in that. Um, you know, I don't always put a lot of value on those things. I have to see it on the court, uh, but but it doesn't seem like the team has the same chemistry, the same, I don't know, the same cohesiveness, right? They they usually put a lot of shots in the front court too. They're not depending on that as much. Not depending on Rudy as much, which is interesting. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's never been a great shooter, but I mean, he could still dominate the front court. So I, I truly don't know about the Jazz. I'm still going to be looking for opportunities to play on them, but I get a sense that something intangible is wrong behind the curtain. And, you know, when you see a team like that, that doesn't really make sense. All the talent is there. The coaching is there. It's virtually, I mean, it's the same team that we've seen year in and year out dominate. And now it's just not looking the same, even though they're healthy. Um, I don't know. I guess that's my short answer is that the Jazz are one of these teams right now that I, I might just play off of, which, uh-huh. you know, that's an okay thing to do, right? We just don't play on games where we have a team playing that kind of confuses us. Right. And that's that's what the Jazz are showing me right now is I, I, I want to look for opportunities to bet them, but, you know, maybe it's a little bit of recency bias for me because I just got annihilated in that bet. Yeah, <laughs> so, uh, yeah Jazz is a team to watch, but. Yeah. This whole storyline narrative of the Jazz locker room maybe isn't um, where it should be. I mean, we've been hearing for years that Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell don't get along, right? That, yeah. That's not a new narrative. So for year after year to be hearing that, I would say there's probably some validity to it. Yeah. I mean, if it smells like fish, it's fish. That's kind of like the thing, right? Yeah. And then you have Donovan Mitchell uh, earlier this season, you know, talk out of his camp that, oh, he's too big of a star to play in Utah. He needs to be traded somewhere else this offseason. Like, those aren't great things to be coming out of the Jazz locker room. And I'm sure that rubs other guys in, in the um, on the roster the wrong way. So, yeah, this Jazz team, I'm still kind of waiting to – I mean, it's pretty late in the year to not have them figured out, but I'm not sure I have them figured out. So I know. And that's, you know, I think that is something that 
for example, the last week in my handicaps, I, I, I don't think I, I stayed away from games. I don't think I stayed away from games that I should have. Um, and you know, and I think that's what I've been doing pretty good all year is, is just avoiding those teams. I don't have figured out until I do. So it's just, it's a huge thing to mention in, in handicapping, just because there's a bunch of, um, you know, there's a bunch of games on the board. Doesn't always mean that there's a bunch of value on the board, right? That, I mean, it's still gambling at the end of the day. So you, you have to really feel like you have an edge and yeah, jazz, jazz, one of those teams. I don't feel like I have much of an edge right now. Yeah. And, um, Sports Wager University, who which we're both a part of, is all about you know teaching strategies, techniques, how to bet. And one of the most important lessons I've learned is you don't have to bet on everything. Like you don't have to have a play every night or every game. So if you're not comfortable with where a line's at, you don't have to play it. And those are things you know. As I mean, Chris, you've been in this whole very long time you you know those things and learn but for people who are just starting out like that's a really good lesson to learn is just because there's a game and it's an exciting one or something and you feel like you should have a play those are oftentimes the games that you lose because you don't find the right edge um within the line or or things like that so maybe that's where we uh leave this one off on a, a tip on how to bet for uh swe what do you say chris yeah, it sounds good. I, I know we live in a world, everybody, where, you know, you see all the marketing and the promos out there. Gambling is becoming legal everywhere. So mm-hmm. it's exciting, right? I mean, we see those parlays, 10-team parlays for $2 <laughs> and someone wins 30 grand. It's like, let's go. I mean, that's that's like the greatest thing ever um, at, 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 at face value. But the reality is this is a long-term game uh, where if you can extract value from these games, where there's not competing narratives, we really feel strongly over the long term. If you approach it the right way, uh, you will win more than you lose, right? And 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 it doesn't take. I mean, it's it's not easy. But even if you're hitting at just 53% or, or or over, then you're probably making a good amount of money. So it's you know it's important not to overinvest. And I think that's a great it's a great time of the year to say that too, because we can all have a lot of exposure in March Madness, you know, and the NBA, the NBA playoffs. These are exciting times, no doubt about it. But you know, approach approach gambling the same way that you always would even if it's the playoffs or an exciting game that you want to watch sometimes that's a good opportunity just to learn more about those teams yep for sure all right chris well this has been fun um head over to twitter chris is at farley bets i am at kate constable sports wager you on twitter give them a follow as well and then um, come check out chris and i on the bet us nba show that's on youtube um search bet us nba You'll find us. Uh, We are live every day at 4 p.m. Chris gives out, well, we both do, but Chris gives out some of his premium picks that he uh, gives to his premium customers. But, uh, and he's doing pretty good. So come on over there. Get a few free picks from us. Uh, We also have Alex Christensen and uh, Josh C. Great NBA betting minds. Um, So I'd love for you to join us. And uh, we'll hopefully be back on here next week or every other week. But a lot more of us coming up. So thank you all for joining us. We'll see you next time. Yeah. And don't, if I could say real quickly, Kate, don't forget to check out sports wager use live and recorded classes. I believe we already have recorded classes for, for March madness um, available. So, you know, March madness is around the corner folks, right? So how how to approach it the best way. Uh, We did do that live free class. uh, I think that was a week or two ago now, but we'll have another edition of that in the NBA. We'll, we'll be putting on a live NBA class and we'll have even more, recorded classes for the NBA too before the playoffs. So a lot of, a lot of uh, classes, courses, content coming from SWU in the next few weeks and months. So look forward to that. That's right. Tons of stuff over there. Tons of good stuff. Very good handicappers as well. I might add. Yeah. You might say the world's best. I mean, the record. Oh. Hey, I'm so excited. I knocked over my mic. <laughs> you might say the world's best is what Chris was trying to say. <laughs> And with that, <laughs> Chris, all we have. That's all. You that's all I got. To, uh, add? No, that's all I got. Just you know, proceed uh, cautiously, everybody, and we'll be back to talk more NBA. I can't wait, Kay. This is this is like the most exciting time of the year. I mean, it, it's one of them. It's the fall when it's football when season football and basketball starts. season, and it's now when it's March Madness and yeah. the NBA Finals coming up. It's the best. Very exciting. We'll be here to uh, through it all to talk about it all. So. We'll see you all again. Thank you for joining us today. On a warm summer's evening. 
On a train bound for nowhere I met up with a gambler We were both too tired to sleep So we took turns of staring Out the window at the darkness The boredom overtook us And he began to speak He said, son, I've made a life Out of reading people's faces And knowing what the cards were By the way they held their eyes So if you don't mind my saying I can see you're out of faces For a taste of your whiskey I'll give you some advice You got to know when to hold up Know when to fold up Know when to walk away And know when to run You never count your money When you're sitting at the table There'll be time enough for counting When the dealing's done Surviving is knowing what to throw away, knowing what to keep. Cause every hand's a winner, and every hand's a loser. And the best that you can hope for is to die in your sleep. And when he finished speaking, he turned back toward the window, crushed out his cigarette, faded off to sleep. And somewhere in the darkness, the gambler he broke even. In his final words, I found an ace that I could keep. You got to know when to hold up, know when to hold up, know when to walk away, and know when to run. You never count your money. When you're sitting at the table, there'll be time enough for counting when the dealing's done. Enough for counting when the dealer's done.